MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back on Visa's primetime action from the South Point, Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Daniel Alvari, Kelly Bidlin, uh, Wes Reynolds to join us here momentarily to talk golf, both uh, here stateside and overseas this week, the week before the Open Championship. Get his thoughts on that and match four yesterday, which was certainly a beautiful uh, scene there in Montana as uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers get it done with the win. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, in the meantime, some baseball updates, Kelly. What do we got going here? Only a few games in action. Dodgers and Marlins, they're uh, all tied up at two, top of the third inning. Dodgers, a minus 160 live favorite. Marlins, plus 130 and 10.5 your live total. The Blue Jays with a 3 nothing lead over the Orioles, bottom of the third. Uh, Toronto, minus 550 live. Orioles, plus 410 and a half the total. Uh, Brewers up on the Mets early, 2 to nothing, top of the fourth Brewers minus 380. Actually, those no- live numbers just went off the board. So I'll get back to you when I got updated ones on those. Uh, if you're looking for to get in on the hockey action, though, over at DraftKings, looks like we are looking minus 230 on Tampa Bay, plus 195 on Montreal. So a little bit different than what we're seeing out here in Vegas, where uh, much higher numbers out here. A couple first pitches, top of the hour. We got the Phillies and the Cubs. Uh, Zach Wheeler. 
on the hill for the Phillies. Alec Mills on the hill for the Cubs. Minus 152 on Wheeler and the Phillies. Just got just came through here. Uh, Javi Baez scratched for the Cubs. Apparently a some sort of thumb sprain or something like that. Mm. So he is not in the lineup there for the Cubs tonight. 8-10 Eastern, the A's and the Astros. Sean Manai on the hill for the A's. Luis Garcia on the hill for the Astros. Minus 155 Garcia and the Astros. Plus 135 if you want the underdog A's. We have... Uh, one, two, three, four more games that are late first pitches tonight, 940s, and then 1010 Eastern skill. Yeah, and you mentioned off air, Matt, that there was a no hitter today. We did have a no hitter today. And we not really though. Well, yeah, that's this, the thing. This is a th- it's a no hitter. Well, it's 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 two well, it's a no hitter, but then there's two butts. But it was a seven inning double header deal. Mm-hmm. And it was a combined no-hitter. Five pitchers. Colin McHugh got the start. Pete Fairbanks closed it for Tampa Bay. Four to nothing win for uh, the Rays over the Tribe. But yeah, a no-hitter. I guess it's a no-hitter. I guess. We have to call no-hitters no-hitters. I would be okay with putting it was a no-hitter and then just with the dash of the seven-inning variety. If if Madison Bumgarner (laughs) didn't respect his own seven-inning no-hitter, what would he say about this one? I mean, this one I I think is a little bit even more impressive. You had to have yeah. five guys like That's be true. on top of their That's game. That's true. There know? is a way I mean, to spin it that way. Five different fellas had to go out there and, <laughs> and get it done. Five different fellas. You know? Yeah. Uh, the other thing of note there for Tampa Bay, they called up their their number two prospect. So they already called up Vonder Franco. They called up Vidal Brujan uh, for this game as well. He started both of the games in the doubleheader. Uh, ended up with one hit on the day uh, for him. But, again, he is another – one of these super, super highly touted guys in that Rays organization that not just within the Rays organization is highly touted, just in all of minor league baseball. Uh, super big speed guy, like 80-rated speed out of 80, if you were wondering. Like 80-rated speed guy. They have conditioned him in the in AAA to kind of play all over as well. So they're this, this might be a, a permanent move for him being up because – He's played second, short, and all three outfield positions in AAA this year. So they're just trying to make sure that he's a, a piece that they can kind of plug in anywhere. But, uh, yeah, another young guy, another super stud prospect, and he is up for the Rays as well. And uh, we mentioned a 30-second home run for Shohei Otani today. Uh, by the way, speaking of prospects, uh, Darian Nunez coming up to the Dodgers. Big prospect. The other thing, uh, Jacob deGrom pitched today. Did his thing. Well, and so uh, you know, you just look and you say, okay, what did Jacob Degrom do? Seven innings, two earned runs on four hits, ten Ks, no walks, eighty-six total pitches. He was horrible. He was horrible. <laughs> horrible. How how dare he? How dare he? Two earned runs on four hits. Uh, I had to talk with Jason Weingarten earlier and Paul Sporer, and we're just throwing around Jason Weingarten, who who covers baseball for Point Spread Weekly and is always on a numbers game. He he said he goes. Uh, Jacob DeGrom isn't going to win the MVP with only like 160 innings pitch. He's convinced of that, which I find, I, I don't know if I buy that. I get it, but I don't know if I buy that. And what's he to do? Oh, there's nothing he can do. Yeah, and that's the thing. And if you don't give it to him now, you should never, ever give it to a pitcher ever. Yeah, because he, I mean, he gives you seven every time. Skill Alexander, Matt Brown. Daniel Alvarez, Kelly Bidlin, it's Vicent's primetime action. There's our Twitter handles, by the way. Beating the book, Matt Brown M2, Daniel Alvari, A-L-V-A-R-I, Kelly with an E. Two E's, actually, but you know the one I'm talking about. Right before the Y, Kelly Vicent. Uh, here are the MVP odds. Jacob DeGrom, plus 115. Tatis, 
plus 160. Acuna, who you mentioned last night, and I agree with. Really, we haven't gotten full throttle Acuna yeah. yet at plus 450. Everybody else, 35 to 1 or longer. That Reds team did win today 5 to 2. Castellanos not in the lineup, just giving him a, a day off with it being a day game. So they moved to 45 and 41. So this is that team that we were kind of saying that has the potential to really make a run. This was, they were, you know, eight games under 500 when we first started talking about these guys. Here they are, four games over 500 as we head into the to the All-Star break. We got the Tigers and the Rangers, five to three. Tigers get it done over the Rangers. Tigers, like, listen, they're they're a tough out. They're not, I mean, they're not good, but they're a tough out. 40 wins already on the season. I mean, they're, they're a tough out. They're, I don't think they're a team that anybody just wants to, to see pop up on the schedule all the time. The White Sox 6 to 1 over the Twins. They moved to 51 and 35. So I mean, uh, Lance Lynn with another good outing for him. That guy that we talked about was third in that AL um Cy Young race behind his teammate Rodon and then of course Garrett Cole. He goes 6 innings, only gives up 4 hits today. 6 Ks for him. His ERA on the season now down to 1.99 for him, Gil. Paul Spore from FanGraphs agrees with us. If not Cole, Rodon. Mm-hmm. Although it's sinking, right? Plus 250. It's going down now on Carlos Rodon. Uh, assuming Garrett Cole continues to pitch less than the, uh, at a at a proficiency level, less than the Garrett Cole we've become accustomed to. Let's put it that way. Uh, Braves win 14-3 to today. Acuna goes 3-5. for five. Uh, hit, Does hit his 24th of the year in that one. So um, full, he is... Full throttle. Acuna begins. L- lingering. Yes, yes. Yeah. He is definitely lingering. Um, and so, you know, there, there are some guys here. I don't think, I don't think any, as far as the National League goes, I don't think anything's in the bag yet. Oh, like I, we said, I in the AL, it's going to be one of the two, barring, you know, both of them getting injured or something. Well, Na- National League Cy Young certainly in the bag. Mm-hmm. AL MVP, a two-man race between Otani and Guerrero. AL Cy Young definitely up for grabs. National League MVP, a three-man race. DeGrom. Tatis and Acuna agree completely. Dodgers went ahead uh, since we since the update now five to two over the Marlins in that one. So we saw Mookie Betts hit a solo shot in that one. Turner has now hit a home run. Pollock has hit a home run. So uh, they are they are putting it on Detweiler here for the Marlins. Before we get to Wes Reynolds, can I rehash something from last night for a couple minutes, which I think was just exceptional that I don't want to let slide. I actually reran it on on the radio side. <clears throat> pardon me this morning which was Drew Dinsick's appearance yesterday on the show, and we were talking about alternate season win totals. And he made what I thought is a spectacular point because bookmakers, this just in, they're smart too, and they know the math typically associated with all these betting markets. But maybe, just maybe, there are certain ones that aren't priced exactly or as efficiently as they should be. And the point that he made, and by the way, we're going to continue 32 teams and 32 uh, shows coming up momentarily uh, today with uh, the Buffalo Bills to round out the AFC East. But let's just take the Bills as an example just here on the top line to discuss, what, to reflect what Drew was talking about, which is their season win totals in the middle there. The middle column are all, this, are all the actual season win totals. The Bills happens to be 11 on a 17-game season. And what Drew was saying is that oftentimes the way these prices are indexed in the alternate season win total markets, the 12 and the 10, that what appears to be priced, that the price might be more uh, in theory than in practicality. So the under on 10 on the bills is priced at plus 205. That does not seem right and seems really beneficial to the better because of the 32 NFL teams last year, 
13 exceeded their alternate uh, their alternate win total to the over, and 12 were below it to the under on the alternate on the alternate win total that is one game low. So that's 25 out of 32 teams where you're basically hitting the over plus money on the game above their actual season win total and the under plus money on the game below, on the market below. So I just think it's a really good insight that we don't often verbalize. And I know it's July and football season is still a month plus away. But that's, of all the betting markets, maybe that's one that's actually not priced as it should be in reality. In theory, maybe, and that's why the bookmakers put it up. But in reality, I don't, I don't know. And I think that's a great point from Drew. So well, I just and, wanted to throw that out. There. And it's like if we're saying, if you're, if you're betting one of these unders, then you are almost betting on some of these teams to have a major injury impact, like some sort of major something happen. And when that happens, typically these teams oh, yeah. vastly underperform, right? And so it's not, you know, like we think if all things considered go okay for the Dolphins, then, you know, the upside for this team is, is fairly good. But you know, let's say there is, you know, an injury to, to Tua or he just does not take that year two leap like we're talking about. They're, they're going to vastly underperform. And so, yeah, I think if you're ever looking at the under, looking at the alt under is, is probably the way to go as opposed to just taking the number that they throw out in front of you because you yeah. start to look. 49ers last year, all the injuries, sure. everything goes to hell, six wins for them on the season, right? And you start to look at these these other teams where things just – kind of started to go bad for them. The Eagles, the Cowboys, all these, you know, injuries, injury, four wins for the Eagles, six wins for the Cowboys, you know? So you start to see these teams, if you're going to go under, it's likely because something has really gone off the rails, right? Like something has gone off the tracks. And so they just vastly, vastly underperform. I, I love it. I think you're absolutely right. And the, and the under, the instinct ought to be perhaps the under on a lot of these teams uh, for the reason stated. I just think it really is just from a, from a, the, the, the precision, that was Drew's word, the precision of that pricing in, in theory is overstated. And so I think we can take advantage of that as betters. As we uh, move forward towards the season, we'll talk about some alternate season wins, uh, but obviously plenty of time to talk football between now and then. We will talk about the Buffalo Bills later, 32 teams in 32 shows. Let's talk some golf. Let's bring him in. He is the co-host of the greatest golf betting show there ever was. It's called Long Shots. It's on Vison. He does it with Brady Cannon. He, of course, is also a point spread weekly contributor and can be found all throughout the network, even co-hosting my guys with Danielle oftentimes. It's Wes Reynolds, everybody. How you doing, Wes? Good evening, guys. How are you? Doing very well. Your audio is spectacular, Wes. Let me just point that out and compliment you there. Um, We're upgrading slowly but surely, Gil. There you go. Uh, first of all, what do you think about the match four yesterday? Did you enjoy that? Did you bet it? I bet it very small, just kind of for interest, and I was on the wrong side. I had Mickelson and Brady. I thought anything plus a dollar fifty or above, and I got one sixty-five because I thought, okay, Phil is at least going to take this seriously because he could have went over and played the Scottish Open this week, or he could have played the U.S. Senior Open in Omaha. Elected not to do it uh, and uh, decided to play this match. Uh, Bryson and Aaron Rodgers, and really credit a lot to Aaron Rodgers because they used his ball on a lot of those shots and putted very well. And look, Aaron Rodgers plays at about a four and a half handicap out of Green Bay Country Club. So I thought it was relatively entertaining. I thought the course was spectacular up up there and up there in Montana at Moonlight Basin. And 
people are going to start scheduling golf vacations in Montana, I think, very soon if they can play a scenic course like that. And then all the wildlife on the course, I was waiting for Jim Fowler to appear like he was on Wild <laughs> Kingdom or something, sponsored by Mutual of Omaha. So I thought it was a good event. That was the, What was the host of the show? What was his name? Mutual of Omaha? Jim Fowler. No, but, yeah, uh, but, but Jim was the guy in the back, right? Yeah, I forget the other guy's name, but I remember Jim Fowler just from that Seinfeld episode where Kramer had the Merv Griffin show set in his apartment, <laughs> one of the classic episodes of that series, and they bring in Fowler as a guest, and he's going, where are the cameras? Because yeah. they're actually trying to shoot a talk show here. But, yeah, it was it was a really cool event and obviously beautiful country up there in Montana. It definitely was. I, I started looking at it immediately as soon as I saw that I could play golf with a bear. Um, let's uh, let's take a look here at the Scottish Open, West. I mean, this is this is the one with some really premier names. So obviously, Rom, Xander, Morikawa, Rory, JT, uh, Terrell Hatton, you know, Scheffler, Corey Connors. The list goes on and on here as far as like the the very top names. As we roll into this one, Rom, the very short shot at plus 650, as he should be. Um, then Xander Morikawa sitting at 11. Everybody after that, 14 or longer. Uh, did you look at this one very hard? And if you did, what plays do you have in the account? I did, Matt, and I looked a little bit down the board. Like you said, the rifle favorites here, and the fact that it's very top-heavy, so it might be the best Scottish Open field ever, and it's usually a very good field now that it's back in its customary spot before the Open Championship next week. But you having four of the top five in the official world golf rankings obviously is a feather in this field's cap. But I went a little bit down the board because I don't know how Rom is going to react, you know, having just – Won his first majors, first tournament back. So not sure if he's going to be able to put it back to back. Colin Marikawa has never really played a lot of links golf. So he could be a boomer bust candidate perhaps next week. So I wanted to wait and see on him. Justin Thomas, I think, is still trying to figure out that short game a little bit. So and Xander Shoffley, of course, just got married last weekend. So I don't know if we got a nappy factor thing, but he was just too short for me. So the lowest guy I played was I got him at 22 and he's around 18 or 20 to one right now is Terrell Hatton, who I think has good enough recent form with that runner up in South Carolina four weeks ago and also has a really good record in Scotland, actually better in Scotland than his home country of England. Twice won the Dunhill Links Championship, which is kind of the Euro Tour's answer to the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am where they play three different courses on three days and with celebrities and business people and those types. Uh, he's also been a runner-up in the Scottish Open in the past, two top sixes in the Open Championship in Scotland. So very good record, as does Brandon Grace, who you can get high 30s around 40 to 1. Got me a winner earlier this year in Puerto Rico and has continued really good form. Fourth at the Memorial, seventh at the U.S. Open over the last few weeks. Another guy that's won the Dunhill link, so I like Grace. Guido Migliazzi, I'm going to stick with him. I think he's in really good shape right now. 58-1 to 1 is where I got him. Was T4 at the U.S. Open, stayed a week later, and then was T13 at the Travelers, which I think is very respectable for a guy that hadn't played a lot of PGA Tour events. And also, he had back-to-back runners-up at the Belfry for the British Masters and in the uh, Maiden Denmark uh, event in the spring. So he's not all that far away. And then real quickly on the longer shots, Martin Keimer was just kind of a hunch play because he is one of those guys that needs to get 
into the top three spots. The top three not qualified for next week at Royal St. George get spots in the Open Championship. And Martin Keimer currently on the outside looking in. Played very well in Germany two weeks ago with the runner-up. Ian Poulter, I always pretty much bet him the week before a major. He's got 17 top tens or better finishes the week before a major. So Poulter was a guy I played. Then the last two guys, Thomas Peters was just kind of a gut play. He's had a lot of stops and starts to the season. And I think eventually he's going to get it going. He is a really talented player that just always leaves us wanting more. And then Jason Scrivener at triple digits. First in T to green last week at the Irish Open, was also second on strokes gained approach, finished T9, but he's been top 10 in three of the last four starts. So this is an event where I know it's tempting to go with the chalk a little bit, but I think you can look a little bit down the board and you've got different motivations with different guys. Some guys want to tune up and some guys need this to get into the Open Championship. Just different motivations makes this kind of a fascinating week to handicap. Real quick, Wes, we got two minutes. Anything stateside, John Deere Classic, biggest names, probably Daniel Berger and Sung J.M. Yeah, I played a few, Gil, and this is obviously a little bit of a crapshoot because it's such a birdie fest, kind of like last week in Detroit. Alex Noren, T4 last week at the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit, 33-1, to was the clubhouse leader for a little while. It looked like maybe he was going to hang on and get into a playoff. That didn't happen. Mr. John Deere, Steve Stricker, I took a shot with him at 50-1. to 1. This still might be an event where he can compete at. And he also didn't play the U.S. Senior Open. He could have defended his title in Omaha this week at the Omaha Country Club. Won his last start. That was a major on the Champions Tour at the Bridgestone Senior Players. So in very good form. Patton Kazire, another one that makes a lot of birdies, really good in low-scoring events. And only Daniel Berger, the tournament favorite who you mentioned, is higher in birdie average in this field. So Kazire, and then a couple guys that really don't make a lot of putts, but they really strike the ball very well. So maybe this is a week where they're going to regress a little bit from their bad putting form, at least hopefully. Dow Stanley, Jonathan Vegas, anywhere around 60 to 1 is where you're getting. Both guys have really been great in the ball striking and then the T to green stats, but just got to make some putts this week. All right. Wes, I will remember this segment more for the Mutual of Omaha reference than anything else. <laughs> By the way, Marlon Perkins, for those, because uh, Kelly's looking perplexed. What is this Mutual of Omaha thing? Was, I have no there idea. There was an old man. Uh, he was old when we were young. Uh, his name was Marlon Perkins. He would just go out into the wilderness somewhere, and he would calmly in the foreground talk about, you know, some endangered species. And poor Jim, his buddy in the back, Jim Fowler, who Wes referenced, would be struggling with the animal behind him while Marlon <laughs> calmly talked into the camera. Be like, poor Jim has this crocodile and it would just be the most amazing thing ever and, and west with just a, a pleasant disposition here after the brutal brutal ending to the tournament this past yeah. oh this, yeah west we we have to say that real quick you had troy barrett and joaquin neiman and neither of them got home yeah that's just typical golf betting you guys <laughs> know just talking about this every week uh was able to get out a little bit with cam davis at 13 to 2 on sunday while i was sitting down at the circus sportsbook doing the green zone here on Beeson. so at least got something out of it but obviously a very disappointing result to have two of the three and not get the outright you were able to get off it a little though with cameron Yes. Yeah. And also, you know, I play some top tens and top fives because we don't really have each way over here in North America. And it's very much long overdue. I think Matt would absolutely attest to that. So, you know, that's what I kind of do with some of these outrights. So able to make at least some money off the guys, despite the fact that they lost in the playoff. Okay. He did get off it a little with Cameron Davis. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's good. solace indeed. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate it. 
Thanks, fellas. Have a good night. Wes Reynolds, Point Spread Weekly, of course, co-host of Long Shots. And uh, Danielle and Wes often doing My Guys in the Desert together. Yeah, you can find us there. Yeah. So that's fun, too. Uh, we'll come back. We'll update all the scores. We'll see what uh, Danielle's bets are doing. And we will do 32 teams and 32 shows with the Buffalo Bills, plus a Wimbledon preview, the women's semis, the ladies' semis, next on Prime Primetime Action. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Action on DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Just download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up to compete for cash prizes each week. Don't wait. Sign up now and new customers get a deposit bonus of up to $500. That's code VSIN when you sign up. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Must be 18 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Gil. Danielle, we're playing hockey. What was the 2140 official? mark. Yeah, Andy was able to After get a lot done before the game. He was. Yeah. He was really able to get a lot done. Yeah, check but Twitter for reference. Well said. Yeah. Scoreless, uh, three minutes into this uh, game five in Tampa Bay. Uh, how are your bets looking, Daniel? Uh, well, the uh, the Wings and Lynx is underway here, and it's a close game, so that's good news for my Wings plus four. And we are on track to hit an over here uh, just at the top of the second quarter here. I love when we say things and then don't do them, which is often but the, you know, fade Matt Harvey. Oh, I was going to bring this up last segment. I'm so yeah. glad you brought I was like, why didn't we fade Matt Harvey? I, I, fade Matt Harvey. I mean, it just. Uh. Yesterday, my, my Phillies bet was just fade Jake Arrieta. Yeah. I Sometimes mean, it's, you can be more successful fading bad starters in baseball than any backing of good pitchers will ever get you. Because when they're bad, it goes real bad. And there's a lot of great pitchers, and you don't mean to be mean about this, but we are betters and we are looking to exploit certain angles. But there have been many great pitchers who have been Cy Young Award winners. It ends ugly because they, they hang on long, and the, and the team that they play for wants to capture some of that old magic. So Jake Arrieta, who won the Cy Young in 2015, uh, it hasn't been going well. Uh, just off the top of my head, Felix Hernandez was a, was a terrible ending uh, Tim Lincecum, who won two Cy Youngs with the San Francisco Giants. Man, when he was playing with the Angels at the end, it was a fade fest. So, and by the way, there's numerous examples of that. I'm, I'm leaving out a, a, you know, a few off the top of my head, too. But that's, that'll win you money in baseball. Power, the power play. play. Power Run play. the power play. This is where we win. This is where we Cash win. Cash the, the ticket. He's Cash it. He's Go Kucherov. This Run is, the power yes. play. Well, this is where we win. The, oh, 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 there it was. Carey Price oh. rebuffs. Uh, there it was. There, there that was there it. it was. You know, I thought about this on the break. <laughs> yes. um, I, I'm going to be. I'm going to start doing the analysis for uh, for for our soccer coverage here okay. on the network. You ready? Oh, ready for this? Yeah. Huh? I think it's going to be a low scoring game uh, for the uh, Euro Cup final on yeah. Sunday. Oh, relative. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think it's going to be a low scoring game. By low, what do you mean exactly? You know, like that's all you have to say. And here's the thing: all you you're going to be right 95 percent of the time. <laughs> that's like, right. I, I'm I'm right already. Like I'm right. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. You, you know, you can bet on that. There it is. It's yeah, available. It, it, yeah, I'm, I think it's going to be a low scoring game, guys. So just so you know, that should be a uh, cracker, as they say. I expect Italy, a low scoring game. Italy and England on Sunday at Wembley once again. You think they were going nuts today? Uh, imagine what that scene's going to be like on Sunday. And hopefully there's not a, a PK, a, a ridiculous call, that then results in determining the whole championship. 
like being a Vegas weatherman for this soccer stuff. It's going to be hot. Can yeah. We, can we be hot? Hate, can we talk about it's gonna weather? It's going to be hot today. Talk about I'm it's a low scoring game. Low so there it is. Boom. S- since yeah. you bring it up, since you bring it up, you know, Ken Pomeroy, by the way, Ken Palm, who does mm-hmm. college basketball, mm-hmm. he started as a weatherman. And I oftentimes, when, when citing Ken Pomeroy stats or when we had him on once, it's sort of like, why do sports betters, right? That you adhere to your actual record. This is your performance. You're either good or you're bad. Weathermen, local weathermen, is there nobody grading their forecast performance? Why is that not a thing? Well, it'd be a. It'd have to be on a sliding scale because again, like being a Vegas weatherman is like the greatest thing that there is. Right. Where if you're South Florida, just to use where Kelly comes from, probably gonna rain you know, today. Oh, God that's help why they you. get paid the big bucks. Yeah, yeah. big bucks. And nobody yeah. checks them. It's like fantasy experts, yeah. right? Right. It's like uh, like you know how many. Fa- I always used to think about that ten years ago with fantasy football. It'd be like, all right, you got a million guys doing these. Fa- nobody goes back and grades them though. I did. I did this year. Oh, okay. I graded the draft like prediction. Oh, you did. I went back and Ow. looked at some because I was like, people just put these out and no one checks after how how close somebody was. How what would you say the uh, how many people? What do you see the percentage of people that were really good and what? what I, I feel like it was like sixty percent correct best case scenario, which for betting I guess is fine. We were talking NFL draft here. Yeah, we're NFL draft. Hmm. I was better yeah. than all of them. Yeah, Matt Brown was better than all of them this year. Yeah, and he has the money to prove it. I was better than all of them. That was one of those where, again, I was like, I was seven units up in my draft, and I was like, oh, what a draft I had. Matt was like 34 oh, units I killed up. it. Yeah. But Kelly, Kelly worked in local news, Go, too, so this. you know how the weather people are, but you really can't predict past seven days. Did you know that? Oh, of course not. They killed it off. But they do a 10-day forecast. I know they do. <sighs> one of life's it's based big, on one of life's big lies, Daniel. Uh, one of life's big those 10 lies. days. All right, we'll come back. Uh, We will talk Wimbledon, and then we'll do 32 teams and 32 shows, the continuation. Our fourth and final team in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills. What is bettable in all of their markets, betting-wise? We will talk about that. I do have a big dog play in the ladies' summer. That's next, right here on VEASAN's Primetime Action. your betting headquarters for UFC 264. We're bringing you in-depth analysis of the McGregor-Poirier main event plus key bouts on the undercard from our full team of experts including Lou Finnecaro, Reed Kuhn, and Jordan Sherwood. Sign up for the free Visa newsletter to receive our digital guide and tune in Saturday at noon Eastern for First Strike, our live preview show hosted by Dave Ross. Get everything you need for betting on UFC 264 and sign up now for the free UFC 264 betting guide at vsin.com slash free gill. We had hoped uh, for the reunion of Dave Fair and Matt Brown, but I guess we didn't get that, huh? Didn't no. didn't didn't come to fruition. Mm. You have to book Matt Brown well in advance. Out. Well in advance. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> my brother is coming in town mm-hmm. this this week. Okay. We're going to the fights. You know, the whole nine yards. So, oh, you know. Okay. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. That should be fun. Again, Garth Brooks across the street, Poirier mm-hmm. and McGregor on the other side, on this side of the strip. Saturday night. Well, Gil, you have the musical background, so I wanted to ask you about Garth Brooks. When I was in Wyoming, I was told he, he was kind of like the pretty boy. He's one of the pretty boys of, of country music. Oh, I think he he supersedes all that kind of thing. He is like one of the all-time greats of country music. I think okay. he's 
isn't he? I think he's the number one selling artist of all time. Yeah, his his yeah his popularity wow. is just beyond. I had to get into country music when I moved to Wyoming. I never I, listened to it before then. Me, I spent a year in country music, had never listened to it before too. And yeah. I'll, I'll tell you the one thing I took away from it: the <clears throat> pardon me, the artists are the nicest people on earth. Oh yeah. They really are. Having been with other genres, mm-hmm. they are the, the sweetest it's people. Southern hospitality. It's like, hey, I'm Trisha. I know who you are. Trisha yeah. here, right? They mm-hmm. come and shake your hand. You're like, yeah. Hi, I'm Kenny. Well, I, I know you, Kenny Chester. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware of who yeah, you I'm are. I'm aware of who you are. <laughs> I don't know many Garths, so yeah. Yeah, so that should be fun. Allegiant Stadium will be, uh, will be packed for that, of course, on Saturday. But uh, so will Poirier and Conor McGregor. And we'll talk about that as the week progresses, certainly on the show. I feel like we... Uh, we killed Americans on geography of Denmark earlier and that we've we've blasted <laughs> soccer. We haven't been so kind about hockey. So let's uh let's be a little more refined here with Wimbledon. Obviously the uh the third of the four tennis grand slams taking place in London, and we are down to the semifinals in both. First of all, today, were you surprised by the Federer performance, man? I actually got in live against him. Uh it, it, after after the first set, I was like, he looks he looks horrible. There were certain vo- attempted volleys and attempted shots where it was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I didn't expect him to retire right there on on the court on the spot. You know, yeah. like on the spot. Like th- that happens in the UFC all the time, right? Like it'll yeah. be like a guy will know in the back of his head, like, yeah. okay, if I lose this, I'm just going to retire. They will also like, fake retire a lot in UFC yeah, too. And, right? and so, like, I, I I didn't expect him to do it right then and there, but it was like. If there was ever going to be a time to just kind of say, this is it, like, yeah. that was the time to say this is it. Yeah, he says he's going to press on, though. Roger Federer, yeah. who has, he, he's he sitting, does on, say that. Who's sitting on 20 Grand Slam singles title, tied with Rafael Nadal. We'll see if Novak Djokovic can, can be the third in that uh, triumvirate to get to have triumvirate to have 20 Grand Slam singles titles here in a matter of days. But uh, Roger Federer says he will press on. He will play... Uh, at the U.S. Open as well. So here's the deal. So on the men's side, we're just projecting ahead to Friday. Novak Djokovic is a massive favorite over Denis Shapovalov, who got to his first Grand Slam semi today uh, with his win over Karen Kachanov. But no- Novak is a minus twelve fifty favorite. You know, is that maybe a little bit high? Okay, maybe it is. You want to get in front of that train? You go right ahead. Uh, that is still Novak's win and tournament to be had. The other one is Matteo Berrettini against Uber Urkats, who did beat Roger Federer today. Uh, my only two pre-flop futures, Kelly, as we uh, noted before this tournament, on the men's side were on Novak Djokovic and on Matteo Berrettini. So I could be headed to a final that is set up beautifully. That's why you play tennis. Gil, did I tell you I, I put some bets in on the women's side when we talked about this at the oh. end of last week? Yeah, what'd you do? Yeah, I know that you put Iga in right after we had talked about that, so I also grabbed Iga. Eight to one at the time. Yeah, I grabbed a little piece of Iga. I also grabbed Sabalenka, and I grabbed um, Barty. Good for you. Yeah. So you also now are in a situation on the ladies' side, which is what we're getting to here, where you could have uh, the two participants in the final. Right. I, however, Daniel, am betting against that. Are you? Yeah. You're taking the dogs here? I'm not taking the dogs plural, mm. even though I have bet on Kerber a couple times to success in this tournament, and most notably against Coco Golf. I'm on Carolina Pliskova, or is it Pliskova, I believe? Carolina Pliskova. At, I got it at plus 178 mm. versus Arena Sabalenka. Would I be surprised if Sabalenka won? I would not. But based on the numbers, and now I don't want to put people to sleep, but just based on some tennis data, mm-hmm. this is your tennis data portion of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 24-month grass data. 
Pliskova, when you combine her service points win percentage and her return points win percentage, she's uh, when you when you put those together aggregate, it's about 109.5. Now, Elite is 110. Only Barty and Muguruza have better grass numbers over 24 months. Now, again, it's a little it's a little janky because we ha- we have to do 24 months here, right? Because we don't have much recent grass data, so it's not as not as clean as doing it on clay or on hard courts. I will admit that. But Sabalenka runs at about 105. Now, the fact that Pliskova, that, that Pliskova is a plus 178 dog, I will take that all day long, even with the 24-month data. So that's a numbers play on her. She's a veteran player who has been on this stage before. Um, and Sabalenka is also, you know, uh, is not familiar necessarily with the stage. So mm-hmm. that's my play. I will take Pliskova at plus 178 over Sabalenka in the semis tomorrow morning on center court, Wimbledon. A little bit of oppo then, because I, I want this Sabalenka mm-hmm. to come home. It's the longer shot that I got, obviously. I got her at plus 710 and then Barty at plus 410. Yeah, I, you know, I'm holding this Djokovic ticket and I just... I think it's going to cash. It's like I'm sitting here. She's like, already spent the money. It's yeah. like, it's just, it, you know, and listen, I'm, I, I don't even think I'll, pro- I mean, maybe, maybe I'll do the whole thing and just get my money back or something. But I, but I, I don't even think I'll hedge all that much just because I just, Oh, there's no reason to, I mean, it's just, I, he's so good. It's just unbelievable. I'm going to make this comment and people can let the hate wash over me. It is more likely to me that the Canadians come back and win this series. Yeah than it is for Djokovic to lose mm-hmm. at Wimbledon. And I'm one with the Berrettini ticket, who I would right. hope would win. But Novak Djokovic, again, I said we've said it so many times, Djokovic, Federer, we'll give him a pass for current Federer, and Nadal are better at tennis than any human being on earth is at anything. Justin Tucker field goal kicking might be a different subject. Maybe that's part of that as well. Maybe Joey Chestnut eating hot dogs, but oh, you know what I mean. That's true. After after this yeah. past week, but you know what I mean. Seventy six of those puppies. We didn't even talk about that. The over was good. The over, was the over was got good. there. Again, does he just get older and older, and he'll just keep eating more and more? Does that slow down at some point? I, I don't know. <laughs> I like you always ask me seventy six. Like, I think again, he, it, there's like the body motion science. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe he's locked in. Kelly, I'd like to uh, give you the assignment of a age curve analysis of hot dog eating. <laughs> Could you uh, get back to us on that? Appreciate it. All right, we'll do some football. Still scoreless in Tampa, even though the uh, Lightning have had their chances on power plays. They have not put the biscuit in the basket yet. 32 teams and 32 shows the NFL with the Buffalo Bills next on VEASAN's Primetime Action. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Download the DraftKings Casino app now and use promo code VSIN to get a deposit bonus up to $1,500. DraftKings Casino has hundreds of ways for you to play. Choose from slots, blackjack, roulette, and so much more. It's also U.S.-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available to play in New Jersey, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia only. Must be 21 or older. Eligibility restrictions apply for entertainment purposes only. No results guaranteed. Void where prohibited. See casino.draftkings.com for full details. Gil. Let me give the uh, full Roger Federer quote is, the goal is to play on. So that doesn't sound like the most confident line I've ever heard in my life. The goal is to play on. It's going to do a full mind and body check, he says, to evaluate playing further. So there you go. Yeah. That just doesn't sound. Promising. Promising. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if he's got good friends and good camp, and if his wife wife. has any pull, she should be like, let's not – Roger, don't got, don't be that guy. We got beautiful kids. You got yeah. your health. Let's yeah. You've won don't 20 be that slams. guy. Yeah, don't be that guy that like the last year and a half of your career, everyone's going to be going. God, why did he do that? Like, why why did he do? That? Let's Roger, go enjoy a lot of money. <laughs> First of all, let me just let me go to Daniel. Daniel's looking at this like our logic is terrible. What, what's that look mean? 
Well, no, I just, I mean, I, I feel like it's sad because I think athletes spend their whole lives playing these sports. It's very, very difficult oh, for to sure. separate from that identity. And, and yeah, 100%. That's all. 100%. And also, I mean, yeah, it's not, age isn't something I super consider as much, I think, right now. And I just think you guys feel for him a little bit more. Well, he's about to turn 40. So, Whoa. you know, there, there was a time. Wow. Shots oh, man, fired. Shots fired. <laughs> wow. I'm just going to let that roll. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like, think either one of you caught it. Oh, oh no, I cut that roll right off. <laughs> not worried about it. I thought I did it very like subtly. <laughs> you know? No, not at all. <laughs> it's uh, fine. He's think about it though. He's about to turn forty. There yeah. was a time not too long ago when if you were like twenty-five, mm-hmm. you were considered over the hill in tennis. Thirty-one wow. was like yes. Thirty-one was like I can't even believe this guy's still out. Oh, on the court. it's insane. Yeah, forty? Yeah. Are you kidding? And he's about to be I feel 40. Like we're seeing a lot of professional athletes. I mean, tennis, that's incredibly impressive. By but, the way, he got I mean, to the Wimbledon quarters. Like, he didn't yeah. crap. You know, he might have crapped out. I yeah. said it before the tournament. Remember, yeah. I said mm-hmm. Manorino in round one is a tough match. If he gets by that, he might have a deep run. And he got fortunate because Manorino sadly hurt himself mm-hmm. slipping on the grass. And then he did have a deep run into yeah. the quarters, but then. There you, you, know, you get to a point too, like he's always going to be good enough to beat like the lower mid tier. Yes. But then as he, as his skills continue to decline, That's then the right. upper mid tier is just going to be able to beat him. He probably can't beat the uh, the elites anymore. So it's like, we don't want to see the sad decline. For, for some reason, I remember as a kid, Chris Everett once in the downside of her career, I remember she made the, the semifinals as a four seed as her career was petering. And I remember how happy she was. I made my seeding, right? And I just, <laughs> for some reason, that left an impression on me. And so we don't want Federer to get no. to that point. Uh, okay, Danielle, what do you got? We're going to finish off 32 teams, or yes. not finish off, but rather finish off the AFC East in 32 teams in 32 shows. Yeah. I didn't know that was what was inside of football. Do you know that? What's that? That's what's inside of football. Let's uh, recap the 2020 season for the Bills here. They finished 13 and three, won the AFC East for the first time since 1995. They made it to the AFC Championship for the first time since 1993. Lost to the Chiefs there, 38 to 24. The offense was second in total yards, second in total points scored, and tied for first in total first downs. The defense, 16th in total points given up, fourth in takeaways with 26, and 14th in total yards. And uh, one other note, they did trade for Stefan Diggs, who then led the NFL in receiving yards in 2020. Thanks, of course, to Josh Allen's help. Yeah, this roster is pretty good, so they didn't do a ton in free agency. They brought in Manny Sanders, and that's just, you know, he's going to be the third wide out there, maybe fourth wide out or something like that. They signed Mitch Trubisky, which I actually think we've talked about a couple of different times, which I actually think is a pretty good signing for them. Because, I had already forgotten about that. Because yeah. you, you, you have Josh Allen, and we talk about these teams where we're saying like, oh, you know, the reason some of these teams get derailed, these win totals go so incredibly way under is because they have a major injury and there's nothing they can do about it. Well, you know, look, I think if it's so long as it's not one of these catastrophic season ending, ending injuries for Josh Allen, like if, if they had to go to Mr. Trubisky for three or four games, I don't, I think that they're feeling pretty good about that as far as backup quarterbacks go yeah. in the NFL. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you, as a backup, sure. Yeah. Like I think, you know, having that much experience and, and things like that, like I think it's pretty good. Look, they were pretty deliberate in what they did in the draft. Uh, first round and second round picks, both defensive ends, because this is one of the things that we were talking about with the Bills. I mean, we know what that offense could do. Could they do more on the defensive side of the ball, specifically getting pressure on the quarterback, which is one of their real Achilles heels. So uh, first first round took Gregory Rousseau. They took Carlos Basham in the second round, both defensive ends. They're going to come in. They're going to play. They're going to go after 
um, they're they're going to go after the quarterback and try to get more pressure on there. And they also brought in in the third round, the fifth round, where the next, which were their next two picks, a couple of rotational offensive line guys as well, and that'll probably see intermittent time here and there. And of course, you know, gives them depth should they need some more people whenever, uh, if injury were to occur. If you look at this team last year, DBOA, fifth-ranked offense, 12th-ranked defense. I mean, you can see why they go 13-3. and three. The, the advanced statistics back it up. ESPN rated them as the fourth-best roster in all of football entering the 2021 season. Uh, as we head in here, the, again, minimal additions in free agency because the roster was already so, ready, so good and, and talented and so deep. And so they didn't really have to do all that much, and they addressed what they were really needing there in free agency, getting those couple of defensive ends with the first two picks. If we look at pro football focus, and we've been looking at these with all these teams that we've previewed, they have them as a the number three power-rated team heading into the season. That's probably where we would have put them most likely as well, somewhere in that range, 3-4. A 7.5% Super Bowl win probability, so really high for – this Bills team, uh, 13th rated offensive line. They were 10th in the final 2020 standings. Their two tackles, Deion Dawkins, Daryl Williams, were, were actually one of the better tandems as far as tackles go in all of the league. Really, it was you know center. Uh, Mitch Morse is a guy that's been pretty good for them as well. It was the guard position that really was kind of the, the weak link here, so they'll need to kind of get that in order, which, again, they, they drafted two, a third round and a fifth round offensive linemen now they were tackles in college could easily try to move those guys in if these uh veterans that they have can't get it done and so that was really the the only weak link there were, were these guard positions as far as pass blocking too which was which is you know a real big bummer because as we know this bill's team has decided hey look it's a passing league we're gonna pass all the time like they, they just don't run very often and so you're gonna need better pass blocking out of those guys the defensive line 17th rated as we head into the season and a lot of that has to do with the fact that ed oliver one of their Early round draft picks from a couple of years ago, 2019, really hasn't panned out so far. He has not been that dominant guy that he was in college. And, uh, you know, can that change here in 2021? We shall see. But, um, you know, he's going to need to step it up on that defensive line or he's probably not going to get a second payday from them. They'll probably move on. But, you know, one of the things that the Bills did have on the defensive side of the ball, and this is something we talked about a lot last year, the secondary was awesome. I mean, when you look at Tredavious White at corner, the two safeties in Micah Hyde and Jordan Power, like both of those both of those guys, really, really good. You're talking about Hyde and Power, like you look at those guys, they they played together for a few seasons now and averaging a league-low 67 receptions on passes of, of – of, allowed a league-low 67 receptions of passes 20 or more yards down the field over the last four seasons, and that's out of all every single team in the NFL. So you can't pass deep on this Bills team. One of the things we saw last year is with this Bills team is they actually kind of – invited you to throw underneath you know they were this that was kind of like one of the things that they decided that they were going to do they were either going to try to trick you into running the ball or they were going to allow you to just try to throw it underneath they didn't want any of these long splash plays especially with all the pass interference that was being called in the leagues and in the league last year and it worked really good for this team and so you know really the only weaknesses here can those guard positions pass block just a little bit better can this defensive line especially these two draft picks that they spent in first round and second round generate pressure on the quarterback because that was really the big problem with the bills where they were just not getting enough pressure on the quarterback without having a blitz. So the, the, the front seven was just not getting it done. So um, I think that they probably will be better. I don't know if it'll be necessarily great. Rookies don't normally come in and just have an, an incredible impact on stuff like that, but I'm sure that they will, that it will help. And um, you know, you take a look at, at this team top to bottom Gil. And I mean, I, I mean, even to the backup quarterback position, right? I mean, it's very hard to poke holes 
in this roster. It's just very hard to poke holes in this team. We love the coaches here. We love the coaching staff. We love the offensive play mentality that they do. I mean, like, there's just not a lot to for us to, to dislike about this team. Yeah, Buffalo, who, uh, for those who need the, uh, the sort of jogging of the memory, uh, beat the Colts by three in the opening uh, round of the playoffs last year. Remember, seven teams per conference. Then they beat Baltimore 17-3 to in a game at home that really turned on that pick six, mm-hmm. uh, which changed everything, and then lost to the uh, the Chiefs by two touchdowns in the AFC Championship. Uh, we'll look at the alternate season win totals because we talked about those earlier. We'll get to those, but I, I will tell you again, I've said this before on the show when, when the Bills have come up, my single favorite Bills bet, because they're minus 150 to win the division. I think the way you play this is by playing Sean McDermott for Coach of the Year at, what is he now, 13 to 1, somewhere in that neighborhood, maybe even a little better than that. Checking. Uh, in the teens, somewhere in there. I think he's the guy that got snubbed. If anybody got snubbed last year, that's that's not fair to Kevin Stavansky, who, who deserved it also. But you get the idea. Sean McDermott was probably the one who got the worst of that. And I think if they win the division and they win it going away this year, I don't know what could possibly happen elsewhere to take that from him. Certainly something could, but the difference between minus 150 to win the division and 13 to one or or even better for coach of the year, I think you have to take a flyer on that. That's my favorite Bills bet out there. Yeah, and, I, I, and also to one. 17, 17 to, one. to one. There you yeah. go. And, and the other thing, like, look, that win total sitting at 11, Again, I think a lot of things would have to go wrong for that not to, at the very least, be a push. Like, I think a lot of things would have to go wrong. Would you take a flyer on the alternate win total, the over 12? I think that that's a, certainly an interesting – the fact that this one isn't juiced, I guess, it just to me, you know, the over here is, is – Might is be pretty, the way to go. Yeah, it's pretty tempting to me. Um, again, I think a lot of things would have to go wrong for this to be worse than a push. I mean, an, an 11-6 and six season with this roster and this team and everything, and again, even that backup quarterback situation they've got going on, um, it would be a, I think it would be a major, major disappointment if they didn't win 11. Over plus 180 on the alternate win total of 12, and that showdown at Kansas City, they ought to be 4-0 and easily before they get there with apologies to the teams they play. Uh, we'll come back. We'll update everything in baseball, and we're still scoreless in period one of the hockey game, Stanley Cup final game five. One thirty left in the first period between the Lightning and the Canadians. It's VEASAN's primetime action from the South Point. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.